I've always felt that the salaries that the clubs pay players are crazy and unrealistic. The word we have tried to use so many times. We have tried not to use so many times, but we have to use again. Shame on you. This is Sports 360. A warm welcome to Sports 360 podcast. We'd like to thank you for joining us. Hope you have joined us on Twitter at Sports 360 pod. That's where you go to you get all the information you need about the show. Things are happening thick and fast. Yemi Adesan is here. Buddy Ogutui joins us via, via Skype. And guys, we'll start from where we left off last week, last episode. We talked about the Djokovic situation. There has been um, further developments. So what we want to do today is actually to review the situation. Because I think it's um, an unpalatable happening that smeared everyone. I don't think any party comes out of this uh, clean or with an unblemish or untarnished reputation. So what we want to try and do is review it and ask questions. What could either of the parties or some of the parties, what could they have done better to avoid? Because at the end of the day, the event has started, but all the stories is always all about Djokovic and the visa cancellation and eventual um, eventual deportation which now has far-reaching implications. We hear Australia says they've handed him a three a three-year ban um, and we also hear that um, the United States, France, France have just passed a law that says if you are not vaccinated you cannot go move near any sports facility. Uh, we hear the US might follow suit and that means that probably Wimbledon is the only Grand Slam he might be able to compete in this year, which has a huge impact on his quest to become the all and away um, highest Grand Slam winner in tennis. Looking for that 21st Grand Slam. So, uh, l- let me start with Buddy. Buddy, I'm going to name parties to the events. I will uh, assess their their per- their how do I think they're handling of the situation and what they could have done better? Australian government vis-a-vis Tennis Australia. Some have said, why did you grant him a visa exemption in the first place? Why didn't you just say, look, if you are not vaccinated, you are not welcome, and that would have been it? What do you say to that? Uh, then first off, um, it's saying that the U.S. have uh, the U.S. have joined them. I think for me that's the whole story because um, before you get on a flight to the U.S. from anywhere in the world, you've got to show your vaccine. Your, your, you've got to show that you're fully vaccinated. Okay. It's even in the, it's, it's in their it's in their travel advisory now. If okay. you're foreigner, if you're not fully vaccinated, you cannot enter the, the United, United States. That wow. is clear. Okay. So even before the the U.S. and uh, the the Australian uh, started. That's always going to be in the cards. Now, uh, for for the uh, for the Australian government, I think they granted him a visa based on his sporting, uh, um, uh, his sporting, his sporting history. Okay, I would not blame them for that because we we would we would we, we, uh, we, we are the ones, both fans and media. Uh, we always defend the superstars. We always we always ask that they be given uh, some uh, some. Uh, some margins, special because consideration of, because of what they bring to the table. Yeah, special consideration because of what because of what they bring to the table, and a lot of times 
that is, by the way, let, 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 let me just sit here again that um, I've applied to, to be at the uh, Ulster weekend in, uh, in, uh, in, Cleveland, in Cleveland next month, and they have told me clearly, for me to be at that event, I've, I've got to have my booster shots. It's not enough to be, to be double jabbed. Now you have got to add the booster shot to have a chance at all for being approved to be at that event. And so you see that a lot of these guys are clamping down and they are making uh, these things clear. So I, see, I, I will not blame the, uh, the Australian authorities. I think they did what we thought they should do. Um, let, let, let me skip ahead. They just say that I think what Djokovic did, what, what, uh, what went wrong was when Djokovic tweeted, when he put on social media that he has been allowed into Australia, I think that's what set off all, all these things that all well, these things all that the alarm because look, when 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 you are granted a special ex- 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 exemption for something, go in, fly under the radar, do what you have to do. Let let so that the speculation, in fact, make no media or, if, if, or unless you are asked the right question. Uh, and I'm sure that they will have to. They, they probably have told the media, look, don't go here. This is what happened, and let people in the media, let let you play out in the media without you saying a word. I think this went south. When Djokovic put on social media that hey, I mean I'm in Australia, I'm not vaccinated, we are here. I think this was this was because the outrage, it was it was the outrage from the Australian public, given what they had given what they had gone through. Just as the same thing we are seeing in Britain now, with their prime minister hosting a party during lockdown, it's the outrage from people that forced the hand of the Australian government. So I've not blamed them in any of this. They did what they had to do for Djokovic, they did and they, they, had, they also did what they had to do for their people. As simple as that. Quickly, Tennis Australia, you mean, some have said that, well, they wanted to circumvent the rules because they wanted star power at their event. And um, I think we also need to clarify that once you are, I think we said it last week, if you are granted a visa, a visa is just like a travel document. Yeah. You are granted a visa yeah. based on certain conditions and information you give. Yeah. And then additional information might be, and documentation might be required of you yeah. at the point, point of entry. Of entry yeah. And if you cannot provide that information or if that information is deemed not complete or unsatisfactory, then you're not granted a visa. Because so people tend to mix it up a visa automatically guarantees entry. If it do, if if that was the case, then we won't need to have border patrol or border control. You just yeah, walk you in. just walk in. And you know so what do you make of that before we move to the next um it, I won't blame Tennis Australia for giving them an exception. Uh, why? Because they have a responsibility to their competition, mm. a responsibility to their sponsors, their commercial partners, that look, X number of star, of stars, mm. X number of the top-rated players will play will be at this event. At the no, not that the Australian Open is the first Grand Slam of the year. It's important that they start the, you know, to start the year on a good note. And that's for tennis generally in this case as well. Okay. So, you won't, I, I can't blame them for that. Where, the blame will come is the management of the, of the entire crisis, okay. right? But what you, what what would you suggest now going forward? Authorities do. You see uh, that you draw the line. If you are not vaccinated, don't even bother to get on a plane. We're at that point now. Mm. We're at that point, and that line has to be drawn. Uh, the rules of engagement have to be very clear mm. for all. If you're a top player, you do have a responsibility to all participants in the competition. You know, not only to yourself. Not only to yourself. All right, the next uh, party to this, I have my opinions, but let me just keep it. Buddy, the Serbian government 
and particularly with all due respect, the Serbian people epitomized by Novak Djokovic's immediate family, the father, the mother, the brother. I personally think the rhetoric they came up with was too overboard and rather than dull the situation, I think it aggravated it. I mean, what do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. First off, um, I think uh, uh, we see this time and again with the people who are, who are, who are popular. When they are going through personal things, their family is tipping, and then sometimes, in ex- extreme cases like this one, um, depending on how big, in quotes, they are, the government might jump in. I feel that, look, it's, it's, it's something we also do for our children. We will protect them. This person has a responsibility, like we, like we keep saying, not just to the family, not, not, not just to his immediate family who are depending on him, not just to his government who are backing him, but also to the public who adore him to do the right thing. And when you see them go through stuff like this, you either keep quiet or talk to your person in private. I, and I also believe that they also are part of the, those who, act, who exacerbated this problem by the authorities and by what they are doing. Look, what they did was to declare war in quotes on the Australian government. And nobody likes that. Every, every individual, sometimes, you, you are, if, if, if I have an issue with you, you are, you are discussing with me. That things will say that will push me over the edge, or that will make that will make it worse. But I think that's what they did, and I feel this should be this should this should stand as a note of warning, most most like uh, to all those who are around superstars. When things like this happen, let their immediate media team. That's what they are for. Unless you want to tell me that Djokovic doesn't have media team, which would be strange. Leave it, leave it to the media team to manage. They know what to do. They know what the other other parties are looking for. Because that their, that's their job, and they want what is best for the person that they are working for, which is going to play at that event, so you can get the record that is, maybe he won't say he's looking for it, but no, somewhere at the back of his mind is looking for that record. Because standard journey has been made, in, has been made more tougher. If he won't take the, if he's going to take the vaccine, let the media team handle the matter. You don't know what is required. Because your accuracy doesn't mean you have the smarts to answer the questions that you be posed. Let the media team manage it. And I think that's where, that's where they fell short. They should have let the media team manage it and stayed in the background talking to the media team if, 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 if they have to see anything, seeking advice. That is why when players come into their beer, for instance, they tell their family members, don't say nothing. That's part of their, that's part, part of the orientation. Tell the media team. Because the media will look for you to put words in your mouth. Yeah. Of course, we all see what the British, we all see what the, the British, British press, what they do. And anything for a story. So leave the media team to it and stay out of it. They didn't. They, they, they're also part of this problem. Mm. On the question of that, Yemi, let me go to the third party in this. That's Djokovic's team. Not necessarily media. Let's say management team. Yeah, management team. Um, they didn't seem to, in my view, I didn't see anything they did to try and handle the situation. Um, apart from the lawyers that were talking, the immediate media or management team were silent, were more or less non-existent. The only time he referred to them was when he said, you know, his background team, which I felt was a ridiculous excuse, made a mistake in, in the forms that it goes back to when another tennis player, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember her name, that had a positive drug test and said there was a male that came to her, popular tennis player. A Grand Slam winner, female. 
Mulutari English. No, no, no. When Mara Sharapova said uh, there was a meal that came, our uh, management team, the, at that level, is not an excuse. So, his, his immediate background team, what did they, what could they have done better as well? I don't think they kept quiet. I think uh, they acted more, but probably more in in silence. Yeah, because they were, like Bernice said, they were drowned out by uh, the Serbian angle of it. Yeah. They were drowned out by the lawyers and I don't think they did enough to try and douse the tension. They tried. They took, they went to court. That, that's making as much noise as possible. And that's his team advising that I think, look, we believe you have a case. We believe you have a leg to stand on to get a good uh, outcome from dragging the legal process with the Australian government. I think that was them speaking as loud as they could. Of course, they are role in the. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah sorry. If, if, if that's their move, it's a wrong move. It, of course, was a wrong move. I don't think I didn't want to cut you short. I don't think that the legal team is entirely different. I'm it's talking, part of his I'm talking, Yes, I'm talking about his immediate uh, team, like the guys who actually Israel don't travel with him. They were brought in because of what happened. Yeah. The immediate team that travels with him, for instance, this is what I'm trying to say. The immediate team that travels with him should know that the mistakes he made. How are they advising him? You test positive. They, they should have actually You tested been... positive is, and you grant an interview knowing you were positive. You travel somewhere, you try and indicate that you did not travel yeah, or you were not supposed to travel. But you also realize that there's also a limit to how far the management team can influence the principal. So in granting those interviews, in making those appearances, that responsibility is actually personal to him to know that, look, I am positive. I have contacted the virus. I shouldn't do this. They could have told us, look, guy, this has happened. You shouldn't be like, don't worry. It's not a big deal. Nobody's going to know about it. But eventually, the news came out. There's very little they could do, really. Mm. Um, the other part you would say they were culpable is the part that he found someone to, you know, to take the blame for filling his form. Come on. That was, <laughs> no, for, for me, that was, that was a ridiculous excuse. Because you can't tell me that somebody filled the form and you, the principal, didn't mm. check to be... For me, that was, that, was that, was, that was saving face. Of course. That was a ridiculous excuse. You cannot... And even if you make a mistake, it's not an excuse. If once you give false information on an immigration form, yeah, that alone is enough reason to kick you out of most yeah, countries. Yeah. You know, so finally, yeah. let's come to the man himself. Djokovic, I think, no matter what you think of him, he has come back, he has come out of this, in my view, looking very, very bad. Terrible. Reputation tarnished and appearing like somebody, for want of a better word, arrogant, who just wanted to force his way and defy the rules of a particular country. Uh, I I also felt that the moment that second visa cancellation happened, there was no need to go to court again. Just, just get up and leave. leave. You know, but, you know, trying to, because at the end of the day, let's gr- agree that he was granted the visa and to the, he would have been such a divisive and distractive figure during the tournament and you don't want to make it about you. I think he made it all of about himself. Unfortunately, maybe he said he regrets it, but and it's beginning to look like he's becoming a very, very divisive figure Despite all his uh, uncut achievements, buddy. Yeah, did you look? The, the, the first thing was that 
the moment this thing became public, whether he stayed or he left, the tournament should have been about him. Yeah. Okay. So right now, you're just feel that it's better, better to have him out than to have him in and have people routing in, in the streets because that, that will happen. That, that, that's something that's, that, that no, nobody is, is thinking about. Imagine how hard or how harsh the Australian government have been on their own people. Yeah. yeah. You know, allow someone to travel to travel all of the city. And yet, I think that, look, as much as what the media team depends on the principal, I feel that if the, the, I, I don't think that, speech, that social media thing should have gone out. Mm. Unless, of course, he didn't tell them. So, And, and I think yeah, everything depends on him, like, like you said. Going forward now, anywhere I go, because look, this thing is with us. But I, I think there's, that there might be a start to hope for, hope for him in the future because I'm, I think it was pain that have classified COVID as flu. That look, we are going to live with it. Let's continue. Let's start living our normal lives. However, that shot, whether he likes it or yes, he will take it. As long as he wants to keep, he has to take it. As long as he wants to keep crossing, crossing borders. He has to take it yes. because now he has, he has made it, he has, he has, he has made himself a, a lightning rod, yeah. and everybody will be striking at him. It's as simple as that. But you also know that um, he's had some very funny uh, situations over the last few months, yeah. and you know, even though you know, we really don't pay as much attention to the mental side of things. He might, who knows the amount of pressure that he's under, you know, trying to make all these achievements, and then he's somebody that as far as we were concerned, was like the middle ground between Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer in behavior, a little bit of both. Mm. So now, with all this controversy, he's just shown that he's not a little bit of he's both. He's a completely, he's different, a completely person. different person. And the longer he draws out this non-vax thing, I won't be surprised if he sponsors and his commercial partners start, start reacting. You know, start reacting. You know, uh, aside that, some of his even uncut antics, you know, mm. I've also shown the kind of person he is. But then, we'll be here saying this, we won't be surprised that the Australian government may come a few months after and say, no, yeah, I, they, they reduced the ban to... They've they said there are circumstances that can appeal and all of that. I just feel that Novak Djokovic as a tennis player, fantastic, a lot of us love him and he came as a breath of he came as somebody who balanced the yeah. Roger Federer and the Rafael Nadal dichotomy and somebody who by the sheer power of his will um, became a force to be reckoned with at that, that level, level to the point where he also matched them on 20. From a sporting perspective that achievement is it stands up there oh, yes. with the very best in tennis. But for me, I also think that you need to consider your the way how, how are you remembered? Because for me now, the unfortunate thing I don't like about this is that it's been about this. Yeah. It's been it's not been about his achievements, how good a tennis player is, it's about this. And for this year, this story is not gonna go away. Oh no. And like what they said, every other country is going to, they're gonna look at him if you're not vaccinated. It look it doesn't look like you'll be able to go to France, it doesn't look like you'll be able to go to the US. So, does he at some point decide, or you feel, I get the impression, the real, the realistic thing to do is, 
Okay, because when people talk about it, rules are rules and choices are choices, but choices have consequences. Yes. And you have to be ready to live. But right now, the, the consequences of not being vaccinated is a lot. Yes. It's not for you to be unvaccinated and you want to be traveling across the world. That's whether we agree with it or not, it is what it is. Do you feel that he will ever reconsider his stance on vaccination or you think he's too stubborn to back down? I won't be surprised if you hear that he's retiring. <laughs> I won't be surprised. <laughs> I don't think he'll be that drastic. That is him probably having a proper hard stance. Okay. But look, there's absolutely no way he wants to remain on the tour. And note, he tried to create a breakaway tour at, at some, some point. point. Yes. So that's mm. another story aspect. for so another day. He's, 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 he has very little ground to, to stand on, mm. you know, across board. So, if he wants to be on the tour, he has to make a decision and take that vaccination. Okay. We ended at that. Um, you know, Djokovic is a very, very top, top class player. Uh, unfortunately, he's becoming a divisive figure, but you cannot take away the quality and depth of his talent. For that, we all love and respect him. But for the other situations, we hope he'll find a way to manage it so that his legacy will not be tarnished by things that are off-court rather than his on-court uh, on achievements. Ah, uh, well, uh, we come back home and this top, the next topic makes me really angry. Uh, we've talked about it several times here. And the reason for my anger is the fact that a group of people who claim they love a particular sport do not care about the athletes, do not care about the people at the bottom of the ladder because they have been embroiled in this battle of wigs and ego for probably two, two decades or more now. And I will use this word, they are destroying the real fabric of the sport. I'm talking about Nigerian basketball. I'm glad Buddy is here for this. And um, it was yesterday, the story, the letter came from MBBF, I'm sorry, I said MBBF, FIBA Africa, that Nigeria has been excluded from the Basketball Africa League, of course, due to the ongoing situation whereby there's no board in place. They tried to organize a competition which FIBA has refused to sanction. Rivers Hoopers who qualified for that competition. So no, in short, no Nigerian team will be welcome at the Basketball Africa League, which to me is a very sad loss. Not to these gladiators, to the young boys playing the game who have been shot out of an opportunity to probably better their future, uh, showcase their talents and get um, all kinds of opportunities and possibilities. And but uh, these gentlemen continue to say they love the sport. For three years, guys did not play locally. We managed to go to Basketball Africa League 2021. Now, we are, so what love do you have on the sport when the very people you are supposed to serve are being denied opportunities because of your headiness, your ego, your selfishness, and your greed? If you really love a sport, when you are becoming a problem, you step aside. I don't get it, buddy. Please, maybe you can clarify these things for us. First off, I think we are here, we, we are still where we are now because of the way we are as a nation. In any serious country, this matter will have been resolved one way or the other by the government. One way or the other by the government. Um, because apparently, these individuals have the intention of, of, um, of solving this problem. 
the cuts are not structured in a way that will help us cut through all this BS and solve this problem. And so, because these guys know, some of them even use the backing of the government to perpetuate the nonsense. And so, since the cost won't help, and we don't have the government to step in and solve it, either through negotiations or through a law, this, I'm sorry, will not end. Because we thought that it, it had ended and then see where we are. Now, this particular issue now, DG, I put this blame squarely on this on the door of the ministry. Remember that it was the ministry that organized the international tournament that threw up River Supers as champions. I also remember that when that tournament was about to be played, the MBBF then, under Musa Kida, wrote them a letter that this tournament you are playing, understand that FIFA will not recognize it. This is where this letter has come in. But let, let, let me pause you. I'll, I'll ask a, a question now. Okay, in that situation, what is it was either a tournament was organized or no tournament would have been held. So how would we have presented a team for Basketball Africa League? Because they were squabbling and fighting at that time. Let me back up again and, and ask you a question. Every other ministry have held their elections. How come basketball elections were postponed? What was the reason? Why did the government slash ministry allow basketball elections to be postponed? Because the moment that election was postponed, the G, we are for a situation where the ministry will be in charge of everything, including things that are external, that has nothing to do with, like, look, Deji, that is where I started by blaming the government and the ministry. If the ministry had allowed that election to hold, they would have washed their hands off in this situation and put the board spread in FIBA's court. Because no matter what, what happens at that election, FIBA will have had to either be present or they will have had to make a statement. But the ministry put themselves in front of the situation, allowed the election to be postponed, and then organized this tournament because they knew that the BL event was coming. Okay. So, DG, let me let, let me play this scenario, scenario for you. The BL event will, will start in about two or three months' time. What if the ministry keeps postponing the elections and then they start to go for the BL event? And FIBA has not said anything. There will have been a government or a ministry delegation. Two or false. Yeah. That is why I put them false by saying because this particular one is there. Yeah, because they were warned that look, mm. remember that the last time uh, um, uh, um, uh, 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 an event was taking place, there was a letter also from the then FIBA president that said, uh, uh, look, don't go to that event because you have not recognized it. And of that event went ahead. That's remember that's what led to the three year ban. Yeah, and it led to the three years of no basketball. That event went ahead. The champion wanted to go for the event. People said no. Somebody else went. That's what that person went to court. So let's forget that. At so the end of the day, buddy. At the end of the day, buddy. I, I hear you, but I still honestly feel that. 
But at that point in time, when the ministry postponed the election, if I remember correctly, there were all kinds of petitions against the holding of that election. By we could have cut through, through all that. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. I, I understand all of that. Now, what I'm saying is this, or what I'm suggesting is this. I feel there, I call them just how we, you, you and I used to refer to the big four in Nigerian football. I think there is a big four in Nigerian basketball. And I'll take the liberty at the, at the cost of probably being tied to court. I'll take the liberty to mention some names. Musa Kida. TJ Uma, Babs Ogwade, Samuel Amedu. Two of them are my good friends. But I count them as personal friends. I honestly feel that if these gentlemen don't, for the love of the sport, drop their ego and kind of step back or step aside, I don't think there's a solution to this problem. Is that you must standing alone? Sorry? <laughs> That gentleman is standing alone. Umar is not standing alone. You miss the name. I miss the name. Please surprise yes. the name. I, I'm not an insider. You are a stakeholder. He's vice. He's vice president. The former supersonic. The former supersonic uh, uh, center. Former Nigerian captain. You miss his name. Olumide. Because he's standing behind him. Olumide has become a power player and all of this because... Look, so, can this gentleman... Okay, how do these gentlemen feel now with what is happening? Three years, no basketball. Basketball Africa, how do they feel? Because I cannot, I cannot marry the fact that they, you say, we love this sport, we want... To, to, we're working for the development of this sport. And young basketballers are being denied chance after chance, opportunity after opportunity. If what it takes is for you guys to say, okay, you know what? Let's take a chill pill for a few years. Let's step back. I feel they should be able to make that sacrifice for the sports they profess to love. I think for me, what, what surprises mm. me is when did the relationship between Musa Kida and the sports ministry, the sports minister, when did that love, <laughs> when did it break? They are no permanent interest here. Yeah. Because if the I mean, sports, permanent mi- interest, if, if sorry. sports minister in all his grand wisdom, decided to make Kida, the caretaker, uh, chairman or whatever, president of the federation, when the tenor had expired. It was by expectation. Let me pause. Let me pause. That's the point is misleading because he didn't make it. Musa Kida He made all the federal presidents. Caretaker. Exactly. All of them. The, the, the error was when the others were holding their elections. It allowed basketball to slide through. Yeah, but you don't... But like you said... Also, also, hold on, hold on. Don't let us forget that Daniel Umar works with the presidency. So, if, if you're asking why or how how uh, 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 the sports minister has suddenly become, um, uh, how do you put it, not interested in, in, in Kida. Understand that once there's a presidency link, hmm. analysis are likely to, to shift. Hmm. If you want to keep your job, but it, that's what happened. It, 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 there's a strong possibility. Okay, hmm. now, that's why I'm suggesting or I'm appealing to these gentlemen. Because obviously with this power play, 
And you know, I said it when we discussed this matter a few moments ago, a few months ago when we had family this here. I said that I don't see this problem being solved. And I'll repeat it here. This problem is going to get worse with all these gentlemen still involved. Because I do not see anybody mm-hmm. backing down. Did you know what? I think we are getting to a place where that presidential, presidential fear should go to come soon. Maybe not from this president. Maybe not from the next one. Ah. Or hopefully from the next one. Because <laughs> well, well, they, that, you are talking about years, buddy. What happens <laughs> well, to these young boys? Did you, hold on now. Hold on now. This is the first step. This is the first step because now that the throw out of bar, people assume that they can take a decision. Yes. When a, when a national teams are now thrown out of competitions, we will solve the problem. Uh-huh. One way or the other. But the damage would have been, I mean, honestly, the punishment is, I just feel, honestly, it's like, you know, in Nigeria, it's Nigeria is the only place where they say, I want to serve, I want to serve. People say, we don't want you. If, if people don't want you, go home. <laughs> and, you know, do something because, I'm really very pained about it because I know that, but then you and I talked about it. I mean, we talk about it. What sports can do yes. for one, one young individual. boy or girl in one corner of the world who would have had no chance at life except a platform that showcases his or her talent in any sport. And from that point, he, he can become, he or she can become somebody that dines with princes and kings and presidents just by their abilities. The three years that we have missed, this opportunity that we have missed, we do not know the damage you have done to some people yeah. or some young players. We do not know the damage. You don't know the cost. We cannot quantify it. And if... No, we can't, my, actually. No, I'm not even talking about Inara and Kobo. Mm-hmm. In terms of futures that are being kind of disrupted among gates. And if I feel that if your presence is becoming... Because these gentlemen, their presence is suffocating the sports. It's suffocating basketball in Nigeria. Whether they mean well or not, I know they mean well. But their presence has become a problem. And I'm appealing to them. I think it's time to say, okay, let's relax. Let's let other, because I'm sure there are other people who can do things in the area. Some of these guys have been on this board since before the turn of the century. We're in 2022. When I started, I started broadcasting, sportscasting in 1993. That's almost 30 years ago. Basketball was in a crisis at that time. It's still in crisis till today. And some of the parties are the p- people I've mentioned. Come on. <laughs> Come on. The, the crisis are different. It's not the same. It's not one crisis. Yeah, but it's crisis. Like different levels, so. it's different I know, crisis. but, but like the parties one. are more or less. The parties are... They, okay. They, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Remember that the, the start of this the, the, this culture was started because somebody wanted the total. And that's, look, it, 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 it was that point where the, the problem took on a new ship entirely. I agree with you that basketball had been in crisis for a long time. But that, that crisis, and I, and, I, and, and I agree with you that one, uh, uh, one crisis led to another one in that it was the, the, the previous crisis that led to another one developing. It just keeps mutating and changing form. In, in, in a way, you are correct. It's the same crisis on and on, but it keeps changing form. And I feel that if that third, third time again had been dealt with decisively at that time, because it was because I wasn't dealt with, it was structured the capital and it was micromanaged. Because I still maintain that in the election that followed, uh, that, that went, that, 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 that broke it down and the one that they held in Kano that uh, Tijani man was trying to manipulate a third time, 
both of those elections were flawed. And the new one should have been ordered, where that should have been told categorically to step aside and leave the state. The new elections should have contested. That, maybe that's to solve the problem, but to step that under, under, the, under the, in the carpet, Peter became president. And because that matter didn't die out, it led to the court case that killed basketball for three years. And that is what they're still facing. Because that woman is still talking. Peter wants to recontest. That's where we are here at this point, at, at this minute. And the TJ could do all this because of his connection to the presidency. I think the time, and, uh, and I think the, the ministry is falling under that spell because he, the people want to keep their jobs under this president. That's why I said that, look, until we are clear about certain things. So when we say, oh, there's a crisis issue, let us make it clear what we need to do. That third time agenda should have been dated. <laughs> that man should have been told, Oga, go and sit down and sit down permanently. Don't even show your face again. But because FIBA also were yeah. foot dragging, yeah. they came in instead of taking this decisive, uh, taking a decision that was decisive, they too were trying to play both ends against the middle. So even FIBA too are complicit in this. Yes. And until all those who are concerned stand up with their full chest, take the blame and take a seat somewhere. FIBA, Kida, Olubide, TJ, uh, Samamedu, everybody should take it, take up with their full chest. But the, or the, you and I know this will not happen. So until Nigeria has something in tournament at all internationally, we are going to keep talking. Okay. As we wrap this up, buddy, you are saying this will not happen because you know that these gentlemen are not going to back down. Now, we talked about this thing to avoid certain situations. Whoever is to blame we're in this situation. The way this is progressing, will this gentleman be happy with all the development and the advancements we are making in basketball that it is until we're thrown out of a major tournament like the World Cup or the Olympics because of what is going on? Will they be happy with that? Is that what's going to satisfy them? Is it about their ego or their what their rights or their whatever it is that they're, they're espousing? Is it until Basketball gets totally killed or annihilated. Is that when they will stop? Or they will see reason? Looks like this. Looks they like they this. don't love, I'm sorry, they, they don't love the sports. They're only about themselves and their egos and their whatever it is. They don't, they don't love, they should stop telling us that they are here for, to, for the love <laughs> of the sport or the, yes. Because if you see that we are in this situation and maybe we are the problem, you should be able to be mature enough to take yourself out of it. For the growth and development of the sport, for the young boys and girls that you claim to serve. When you are becoming a clog in the wheel of their progress, which is what you are becoming, then I'm sorry, gentlemen, you do not love basketball. <laughs> That's my conclusion. <laughs> On that note, I mean, like I said, a couple of these guys are my friends. I count them as friends. But guys, it is nothing personal. This is, I'm, I'm so passionate about this because Every opportunity you you deny a young boy or a young girl to live their dreams, you are hurting lives and you are killing futures. Whether you want to agree with it or not. So no matter how right you are in your quest, no matter how justified you are in your quest, one way or the other, your rights and your quest has become um, a clog in the wheel of the progress of some young people. If you love these people, 
If you love these young boys or young girls, guys, you should step back. Act right. And let Nigerian basketball breathe. Do because right, right now, your presence is suffocating the sport. You know what? We're even mentioning this once. What about the, the, the tens and the hundreds in the states? Follow these guys blindly without telling them the truth. And even even some of our colleagues, some of our colleagues in the media as well. Some of our colleagues in the media as well. The truth be told, well, it's unfortunate. Uh, my daughter is uh, interested in basketball. She's just twelve. She's playing basketball now. If my daughter gets to the point where she wants an opportunity, and these guys are still there. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> because I, I don't see these guys living. I mean, they and all of them are well-to-do guys. They are men of means. It's not as if without basketball, they can't survive. They are men of means. They are well-established, accomplished gentlemen in different spheres of endeavor. If your presence is becoming a problem, which is what it is, guys, I think you should step aside Act right. and let the sport breathe. That's, our, that's my well, not... Don't let me say our, that is my submission on the podcast for today. All right. Um, on that note, uh, let's move to our final topic, uh, which is uh, a bit of a debate. There's an ongoing, uh, debate across Nigerian football. It's been going on for years. The Super Eagles have done well. Last week, they had won a game. They've won a second game. They've looked very good. They played very well. It's like the team has been restored to the core elements of Nigerian football, playing from the flanks, uh, speed, physicality, transition, aggression, composure, solidity, defense. It's like, I don't like using DNA, but I'll use DNA. It's like, the coach has gone to the DNA of Nigerian football. So, it has come, it has brought the question to the fore. Which one is better? Is it a Nigerian coach? Is it a foreign coach? And one of our listeners suggested that we discuss that. So we'll try and discuss vis-a-vis. But it uh, posited last week, and I agree with him, that pound for pound, given the same conditions, Nigerian coaches have excelled because Nigerian coaches work in much more difficult conditions yeah. than the foreign coaches. In terms of salaries, in terms of conditions of service, Nigerian coaches tend to be disrespected in their own country. And I agree with that. But let's just do a critical analysis. And what are the pros and cons of having Nigerian coaches vis-a-vis foreign coaches? Since 1980, when I can say Nigerian football came of age by winning AFCON, let me try and set up a background now. And we've had 20 coaches handle the Nigerian national team. 20. 11 of them are foreign. 9 of them are Nigerian. Let me quickly rush through the list that I have. Um, Otto Gloria, 78 to 52. These are the foreign coaches now. Gottlieb Gola. Don't let me mention the years. Let me just mention the names. Otto Gloria, Gottlieb Gola, Manfred Horner, Clemens Westerhoff, Johannes Bonfrey, Philip Truze, Bora Milutinovic, Tiz Libret, Betty Vokes, um, Lars Lagerbach, and Gennard Raw. Those are the 11 coaches, foreign coaches that have handled Nigeria since 1980. And since then, the local Mr. coaches... Mr. Yes. So the goal, the, the goal we won in seventy three. When when Sonia Yari Kwa and Arun Alivika, it's not come of age. No, no, because that was. But that was. Wait, wait. That was all Africa games that we won. 
I just left that because it was all Africa games we won. I know. Uh, I'm trying to do 1980 ah. because uh, 1980 was African Nations Cup. All Africa games, with all due respect, is not the national title. It's not the only grade. So, uh, please, okay. Pad- okay, please pardon. Please, please pardon me. Ah, that, that was our first golden bronze. That was uh, uh, a that was um, Tico Father Tico. I think that was Father Tico that ah. handled the team that time. Okay, the foreign yes, coaches is uh, the Nigerian coaches is nineteen eighty. Patrick Ekeji, Fesozidi uh, Binde, Paul Hamilton, um, Shaiba Amedu, Christian Chuku, Eguavon, Siasia, Keshi, and Olise. Some of these play people, I think. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. Shaibu, uh, Eguavon, Siasia handled the team multiple, multiple times. times, more than once. So, now, there it is. Buddy, um, would you say the foreign coaches, what sort of impact have they had in the overall development of football in Nigeria? First off, you know, when when we each time we go to this um, foreign coach against Nigeria, foreign coaches against Nigerian coaches debate, people people think in terms of in terms of oh you prefer one over the other. That's not hundred percent true. Any coach that can make the super egos play good and win tournaments that they are supposed to win with the talents available. Is good enough for me. What we always protest about is that the coaches from Nigeria don't get the same respect that foreign coaches get. After the game, after the win against Sudan, somebody on social media asked a question. Said, Oh, a government started well. We hope that you will not start taking bribes. And then somebody somebody replied him, Did you ask this did you ask this same question? Yeah. When the last coach was there, Jonathan was there. And I said, this is it. This is how it starts. This is how it starts. All the time that Jonathan was having a problem with the Super Eagles, nobody, not a single person, wrote, oh, he's collecting money from players. Oh, he's favoring one over the other. And they, you and I, we always made this point that Jonathan does not, or seldom, if ever, makes changes. Mm. He has players that he wants to play. Those are the players that you see on the pitch. He has his preferred players, to, so to say. And nobody, fans, media, NFL, nobody, oh, it's because he's taking money, he's taking bribes. But when a general coach makes the same decisions, that's the first thing you hear. I think it's, dis- I think it's disrespectful. I think it's, it's, it's not fair. And I, and I don't think it's right. And these are the issues, Denji. Because now, first off, I also, I also think we are getting ahead of ourselves. Because we still don't know how far the government will take this team in this tournament. Yeah. But what I do, what I do want to hear is that just we say in front of and you lose and they say, oh, uh, that is it now. That's your Nigerian coach. Because um, even some of our colleagues do it. Mm. That's your Nigerian coach. Quarter finals. Bring me as a foreign coach. We have seen foreign coaches. We have just seen a foreign coach that didn't do anything special. Yeah. Yes, I just have football was at a certain point when they came on and revived it. Other coaches did the same thing too. When only we to cover the team in eighty four, was it? Oh, sorry, it was eighty four. 
That thing that go to the final. Yeah, nineteen ninety no, it's no, four, no, it's over, over, over that team in 1990. You are talking about 84. 84. Where, then we got to the final. Uh, that uh, yes, it was 84. Yeah. It was, Nick it was 84. 84. Nick 84. Aha. Uh-huh. I think it was who was the coach in 1990. Yeah, it no, was West Ham. First, when Hamilton didn't qualify for the World Cup, they brought in West and then Onik Bide was back 2000 oh, and, yes, 2002. Yes, yes. Onik Bide took the team to the World Cup. Uh-huh. It was 84, I meant. Uh-huh. When the team got to the final, that team was supposed to be anywhere near the final at that tournament. Yeah. Onik Bide did a marvelous job. A marvelous work to get them to the final. We don't appreciate that. Till tomorrow, people see the insult of Onik Bide. Some are calling him insulting. So what I'm saying is that while we are here on this table, let us make it clear. That's why I said last week that pound for pound, all we are asking is that what are to give a foreign coach to work with? Give a Nigerian coach. That was what caused, that was part of the problem. Yes, I blame Sunday Ulisse for some of the things he did. Some of the nationals he took when he was coach of the spy goods. But that was part of the, but that was part of the, of the, of the, uh, uh, that was the part of the complaint that he was putting forth. Whoever we are going to appoint as a coach, Nigerian or foreign, give them the same respect, give them the same uh, playing field. That is all. Um, that, that, that is all. That's all we are saying. Okay, Yemi. Um, when we look at specific achievements now, the only thing a foreign coach has done that a Nigerian coach has not achieved, in my view. Is the Olympic gold medal. Yeah. And that was born free. But it's not as if the Nigerian coaches are far behind. No. Because Yasia, yeah. in two Olympic appearances, won silver. Yeah. And if you remember that China, that team that went, that went to Beijing, they played some excellent really good football. Stuff. Yeah. Probably the best football. That, I think, was quarterfinal. They beat Cote d'Ivoire 4 2. It was probably the best performance by a Nigerian team I've seen in terms of quality of play. That was a Nigerian coach. And then in 2016, again, when against all odds, Lean on to the tournament, he won the silver. Nations, uh, he won a bronze, sorry. Nations Cup, foreign coach has won it twice. The Nigerian coach has done it once. Um, World Cup, best performance, second round. The Nigerian coach has done it. Foreign coaches have done it. So, in terms of achievement, you can say they are more or less at par. But, there's always that, but are, there's always that negativity um, according to the local coach in the sense that we feel that a local coach would do some things that a foreign coach would not do. Vis-a-vis, talk about bribes and all that. The last coach, there were stories we heard as well, even though it was a foreign coach. So, these things are not restricted to Nigerian coaches. Do you feel that our whole general attitude, the way we disrespect coaches, Nigerian coaches, the way even the media we talk, do you feel that that is probably the reason why the powers that be feel it's only a foreign coach that people will not interfere with. They will not disrespect. And that's why probably they feel it is better. Because pound for pound, it doesn't look to me. Or is it the quality of foreign coaches that we get? Because for me, we can't really a- afford the real top coaches. Quickly, look, because we're running out of time. If you look at the, the list of foreign coaches we've had, maybe in only two 
instances we've gotten maybe guys close to the top. And I'm talking Betty Vox because he's won the Euro before. Mm. Uh, Ted Libres because of summer coach was in the Netherlands. But every other coach we've, or every other set of coaches we've gotten are more of the average, you know, uh, kind. Now, the authorities themselves are the ones that have created that vacuum for that news or that notion to circulate that the local coaches take bribe. So there, there are ways they could have nipped those speculations in the board. Probably put together an investigation and find out if, if truly that was happening. But they never did. And when you, this is, this is, uh, uh, silence is constant. You know, so them keeping quiet is more or less accepting that yes, these things do happen. And of course, more often than not, you do hear those allegations and more often than when you hear those allegations, it has to do with the local coaches. But as you said, generally, if for, if we could only give these guys the same level of service, pay them the same amount of money you pay the foreign guys, Give them good accommodation. Give them as good a hand as you, you know, allow, uh, the foreign ones. For instance, Guerrero always refused to call the guys from the local league. But when he's a local coach, you expect him to also go around the country and pick the guys from the MPFL. You expect him to, you know, infuse as much local talent as possible. You also want him to be under the guidance of the technical committee. So you want a situation where he submits his list and the technical committee vets. But if it's the foreign guy, that hardly happens. Instead, he rolls out his list, nobody questions it, nobody says anything about it. When it is clear for everybody to see that, look, some of these names are quite suspect. Okay, we're, we're, we're running out of time, so we'll, we'll just end it like this. We thank the listener who asked us to try and do this. And um, back and forth, I think Everybody has their individual preferences. Some would prefer local coach for some reason or prefer foreign coach for some reason. But all we are saying here is that for us to do a proper assessment, you have to give them the same working conditions, conditions. in terms of salaries, in terms of conditions of service, in terms of the amount of leeway you made the point you give to them to choose their team and all of that. When we are able to do that, we'll be able to do a real comparative analysis. But on, in a situation where foreign coaches are giving, mo- foreign coaches already are giving more of an advantage yeah. in terms of freedom to do their job and in terms of the quality of salary that they command vis-a-vis the local coaches who we act like we're doing them a favor Silver. where we give them a job. All we're asking is treat all the coaches. We don't care whether it's foreign or, uh, Nigerian. If it's a good coach that can do a good job, give the Nigerian coach as much respect as we'll give a foreign coach. That's the only fair thing. Give both of them a level playing field and all will be well. We'll continue to wish Cerezo and the team all the best at the African Nations Cup in Cameroon. On this note, we're in Sports 360 podcast for this week. Join us on Twitter, Sports 360 pod. Also the same address on Instagram. Thank you guys, Bode and Yemi. And thank you for listening. My name is DJ Omotoimbo. See you another time. Bye-bye.